The following is an audio diary entry recovered from a mini cassette tape found in a badly damaged voice recorder purchased from a pawn shop in Okeechobee, Florida. You know, it's amazing how much life something so unassuming as a supply closet can have. The little window the G-Man had installed didn't really do much to make it anything more than it already was. It was still just an ordinary supply closet, but with a new view to the hall. Everything was cleared out before he moved in. Everything except those big green oxygen tanks stacked in the corner. <laughs> those things were nearly as tall as me. Weighed a good bit more, though, so that's probably why he never moved them. They were probably an eyesore at first, but with all those band stickers he'd stuck all over them, I can't help but wonder if he was trying to cover them up or bring them to life in some sort of way. Either way, I added a few myself. And then there were those sticky notes. Those brief flashes of the mind stuck everywhere. All over the cluttered desk, the turntable, that ancient mixing console. A lot of them were just chicken scratch, like he'd written them in a hurry. A quick reminder he never meant to keep for long, but a few of them, they were careful. Deliberate transcriptions of thought. Messages sent forward through time to his future self, and even if he didn't know it, to me. The dents in the walls? <laughs> he left a few. Oh, I can imagine him just leaning back in his chair, slamming against the wall behind him, day after day, microphone in hand, and that big, booming voice echoing across the reach. One of the first ones a lot of people heard every morning. I've heard the tapes. There's this familiar quality that you can't quite place. Like the voice of an old friend you've always known. Someone who's been there with you and for you. Someone you can always count on. For nearly 25 years, since the beginning, he was here. For that last decade, he sat in that chair almost every day. He was the voice of the reach, ask anybody. Oh, it was a big seat to fill. <laughs> but I couldn't see any of that at first. At least I couldn't fully grasp what it all meant. I remember the first time I walked in there, watching the cobwebs that were starting to build up, fluttering in the first breath that the place had taken in months gasping inhalation like the room itself had been drowning and my arrival had pulled it back to the surface at the very last moment but all I could see was a broom closet oh, my heart felt like it had dropped through the floor I was so far from home I had left everything and everyone I knew and loved for this I remember sitting in this chair and just crying, sobbing, that deep, heavy sort of crying that happens when you realize you've made a terrible mistake and you can't go back. 
And then, I remember through the tears, one of those yellow sticky notes caught my eye. He'd written this one in plain, perfectly clear print. It said, When the stars are far ahead and the earth is far behind, keep reaching. I've never even met the man, Ross Wells. <laughs> that can't be his real name, can it? But after that, after sitting in his chair for all that time, oh, I know it would have broken the universe, but sometimes it felt like we were two people occupying the same space at the same time. It's almost like he had never even been a person at all, like that room was everything he had ever been. His mere presence had given life to those cold, dead walls. The irony is that, in the loneliness I felt, even among the people around me, it was somebody who wasn't even there anymore, who finally made me feel like I could make this my new home. The Deep Reach is my home now, and that tiny broom closet that a man I've never met converted into a makeshift radio studio helped me realize it. And now, it's gone. It happened sometime last night. Secop said it was probably the frayed wiring on my computer that started a fire, but in the end, it was the oxygen tanks that finished the job. As many memories as we had attached to those tanks, it didn't matter. But I can't really blame them. They weren't alive. <laughs> Not really. No amount of band stickers and Sharpie marker graffiti could give them life and make them care about what that place had come to mean to me. Fire, oxygen, the explosion. It wasn't the purposeful act of some angry steel golem lashing out at its isolation. It was just a cold, unfeeling act of nature. All the sticky notes the dents in the walls. Everything that small, cramped broom closet was <laughs> and wasn't. And everything it had become just gone in a flash of heat and light. <sighs> okay. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't think the fire was an accident. It's been three days since it happened. I've been working with facilities to find a new studio space. I got back to my quarters this afternoon after checking out a potential spot in the Burkano sector. And when I walked in, there was a videotape laying on my bed with a label stuck to it. A handwritten date, the day of the fire. It doesn't look like somebody broke in. Nothing seems to be missing. The door was locked when I came in. I'm sure of that, so... It looks like somebody else has a key to my quarters. When I saw the tape, there was a split second where I considered just getting out as quickly as I could, heading straight to SegOps. I'm glad I didn't, though, because after watching it, I am starting to wonder who I can trust here. At first, I thought I was watching a security tape. It took me a minute before I realized what part of the reach I was looking at. 
Actually, no. If I'm being honest, it didn't take any time at all to recognize that cramped room. I think at first I just didn't want to believe what I was seeing there. When I couldn't continue denying to myself that what I was looking at was footage from my former studio, recorded by a hidden camera I was completely unaware of, I nearly broke my VCR slamming down the stop button, suddenly just physically ill. Why would somebody be secretly recording me? Who is recording me? Was my studio the only place this was happening? Are there hidden cameras in my room? I spent the next hour ripping my quarters completely apart, looking for any recording devices or suspicious technology. A mixture of panic and anger sending me into a frenzy. By the time I was reasonably satisfied, I'd left no furniture unturned. It looked like a bomb had gone off, but... I hadn't found anything other than some loose change in my missing copy of Chariots of the Gods. I grabbed a can of soda out of the fridge, cracked it open, bracing myself for what I might see on the rest of that tape. Unlike most of the other workspaces across the reach, my studio never had a security camera installed. At least not officially, since the room was originally built for nothing more than standard, everyday supply storage. <laughs> There wasn't a reason to have one installed. The studio was at a corner. There were two halls that met there. Cameras at each end, giving security a good view of everything happening outside the studio, but not inside. There is, of course, an expectation that you're being observed almost everywhere throughout the reach. Except the bathrooms and the apartments. Hopefully. Actually, seeing those cameras mounted throughout the facilities helps provide a little peace of mind, considering how many strange creatures we have locked up here. The next time some crawling chaos escapes containment, I want SecOps to have as many eyes on it as possible. We want them back where they belong before they decide to make a meal out of me or one of my fellow Reachers. But there's a difference between a security camera positioned in plain sight in a hallway and a spy camera hidden in my studio. I have no idea how long that camera was hidden in there because the tape only shows a few hours worth of footage. The timestamp at the beginning shows about 12.45 p.m., so not long after I'd left the studio for lunch. The camera appears to have been hidden somewhere on the far wall of the room facing the doorway because a little after one, Timonius comes shuffling through with his cleaning equipment. Even as upsetting as it was witnessing firsthand this secret invasion of my lost sanctuary, I still couldn't help but chuckle a little when Timonius walked in, looking immediately defeated by the sheer magnitude of the mess I left behind. <sighs> Honestly, the poor guy deserves a golden dodecahedron award for every day he doesn't go on a full-blown rampage when he has to clean up after me. For about eight minutes, he moved around the room picking up candy bar wrappers, vacuuming the rug, dusting the equipment. He finally made his way to the back of the room where the spy camera was hidden, coming so close I could hardly see around him when suddenly something seemed to startle him, causing him to stand bolt upright to his full seven-foot height as he wildly swiveled his head like some sort of a manic mantis. At first, I didn't notice anything unusual. He had moved out of frame just enough for me to see all the way to the entrance. 
There was nothing or nobody that I could see. The video didn't have any sound, so... I wondered if maybe he had reacted to something he had heard. He stared for a few more moments, then seemed to relax and go back to work. After a little while, he finished cleaning as best he could and left the studio. Then the recording stopped. I thought maybe if I ran it forward, there'd be more, but that was it. I was sure I'd missed something. Why would somebody go through all the trouble of stealthily infiltrating my quarters just to deliver a VHS tape full of candid custodial cinema? I backed it up to the spot where Timonius had gotten spooked. I moved closer to the TV. This time, I saw it. As Timonius unknowingly approaches the camera, behind him, my chair seems to suddenly bump up against my desk, jostling an empty soda can that falls to the floor, just, of course, out of the camera's view. Now, because of how close Timonius is to the camera, it's difficult to see the whole thing happen and impossible to see the source of the disturbance. I'm not totally sure what to make of it. What I saw on the tape in and of itself is by no means definitive proof that the fire in my studio was intentional, especially considering it's difficult to make out exactly what happened in that most crucial moment in the footage. Did Timonius bump something causing the chair to move? Did one of my various and sundry trinkets lose its structural integrity causing it to be knocked to the floor? I didn't actually see anybody in the footage, and it seems neither did Timonius. Even if somebody happened there, what did that have to do with the fire that happened later that night? There must be something there, something I can't quite see, something I'm missing. I don't know. I still just feel so heartbroken over what I lost. I'm worried I can't trust my own judgment in this situation. Maybe I'm seeing things that aren't there, making connections that don't exist. But what about the surveillance camera? Who is responsible for putting it there? And if they're spying on me, why are they showing me the footage? And if my studio was intentionally burned down, then why? I don't know what to think or who to trust. I am exhausted, both physically and emotionally. So I'm going to go shove a chair up against the front door and see if I can get some sleep.